0: Thanks for joining us for our conversation this week. I'm Amy Tokas, co-host with Sandy Lane of Your Real, Your Ideal. This podcast, we're talking about people who are different than us. When you look around, are most of the people around you, like you, there are many benefits to surrounding ourselves with people who have different faiths, different pronouns, different ethnicity. It's called diversity. This podcast, Sandy and I discussed times when we felt uncomfortable with diversity in our own surroundings. We share how we handle it and how we learn. Always keeping it real. Thanks for listening to Your Real, Your Ideal. Enjoy the conversation. Well, hello, Sandy. Amy. Happy podcast day. Happy podcast day and happy spring. It's, um, Lovely here in Kansas city, but you're getting a little weather, right? Uh, it just, uh, it doesn't
1: stop. And from what I hear, this is more typical for winters and they've been very mild the last few years, which being, a, I remember being a kid and the winters were horrific. And then I would see my kids going to school in shorts and, you yeah. know, hoodie. And it's like, you have no idea what a winter's like. So, you know, Mother Nature will be Mother Nature, and she just wants
0: snow this year. So, well, that's kind of fun. It's you know what I always like the first snow, and I always like the last snows. Mm -hmm. When I know like it's March and it's snowing, it's going to go away really fast. It's always those are the ones I like. The ones in between, Eh,
1: and I will tell you, like, here is people play in it so much they yeah. cross country ski, they they downhill ski, they snowshoe, and so there's a different attitude. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, like everybody's excited. We're getting one more big dump before the end of the year. How exciting. And yeah.
0: you would hear that back in Iowa, right? I don't know. Yeah, And out there you get to oh yeah, we get to go play somewhere in the right. snow. <laughs> That's my last
1: good. run of the year. That's
0: fabulous. That's fabulous. Okay. So today we're talking about differences mm-hmm. that make us that scare us that that make us um, fear things that are um, make us uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah all of that stuff. So one of the things um, I can't remember why this topic came about, but I'm thinking it had to do with us traveling. Mm-hmm. Because I know there were some things that were going on for me in New York City, you know, walking by homeless people and, you know, that, that difference that, that I don't experience that all the time made me a little uncomfortable and, you know, what is the best way to handle it? What do you say? What, when they're asking for money? So. It was just, I know that was part of the conversation. Can you go
1: to a networking event or something where, or am I making this up?
0: Yeah. There's, I
1: am making it up. You are not
0: not making it up.
1: You are correct.
0: (laughs) Yes. There is a net. So I'll share that story too, because I, I will tell you now that I've moved Mm -hmm. and I don't know if this happened to you, but I am in a completely different environment. Mm -hmm. I. When we lived in West Omaha, everybody looked very similar to us. There were a lot of um, faith communities, all very similar. You know, there was just a lot of same out Mm -hmm. there. And I remember my sister visiting one time and we went to the pool and she was like, you all look alike in Omaha. That's (laughs) funny. It was kind of funny. She's from the East coast Mm -hmm. anyway. So now that I'm in Kansas city, it's completely different and the story that you just nudged me on is I, um, was looking at networking groups, trying to find groups to connect with, to, you know, reestablish myself. And one group that was in the urban Kansas city center, uh, was all black females. Okay. Okay. And there was the same group was out in the suburbs and they were all white. Okay. interesting. And so I, exactly. It was the same branded, you know, but this group, all black, the one in the suburbs, all white, and I'm closer to the one in the city, but I looked at that group of people and I was, I felt conflicted because I was like, I don't know if I belong with that group And it made me super aware of the flip of that, where, you know, there's black women all the time looking at groups of white women and not feeling like they belong. Right. And I was part of those groups of white women saying, oh, come on, you're welcome. But now I get the feeling of seeing something like that.
1: You know, when Garrett made the comment, he had mentioned travel, he had made the comment once we got to South America, I hadn't, he's done more than I have, but I haven't done any international travel where they didn't make English. The primary language, meaning tourism, you go to Mexico, mm-hmm. anybody you confront, they, they, they make sure that it's known that they're conforming to me. South America was completely different. We were the second language and we felt like the second language and that's the way it should be, but it was a good education. And Garrett made the comedy said, I feel so little because we don't know the language and we're trying to communicate. And they're looking at us like, you come here and you don't know the language. And now we know how people feel like when they come to America and we say, oh, you don't know, you don't speak English. Why do you come to our country and you don't speak English? And we did, you know, we, we could walk in their shoes, right? And it's very interesting when you do feel like the minority. And for much of the trip we were because we weren't, yes, we were fueling their economy, but they have plenty of other things going on. And we were just tourists that they didn't have to deal with. Right. Right. It was a different perspective and it made me more on my game to try that it was the burden was on me because I didn't have the basic understanding of the language, so that shifted the burden to me to be able to find ways of best communicating and making sure that we were able to communicate when we needed to, but it was it was
0: a whole different feeling. Right, I have often read that the norm things are built around white men. Mm -hmm. And so, when we picture things, it's pictured with a white man in that place, and then everything is a different level of otherness. Mm -hmm. And I heard that one time, and I was like, Isn't that interesting that this kind of the assumption that it's a white man and that? And then you go different degrees. I thought that was
1: very interesting.
0: One of the things that uh, I follow a lot of people who do DEI, it's, it's like a very strong interest of mine. And one of um, the ladies that I follow, her name's Tiffany Blassingame. She's also a professional organizer in the industry. So I know her, she does a lot of training on DEI and okay. I don't know what
1: DEI is. I am so sorry. Oh.
0: Diversity, equity, and inclusion.
1: Okay, I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, that I, I just needed to know because yeah. I see that so is. schooled.
0: <laughs> this is um, a lot of corporations are doing DEI okay. initiatives and they some of them will add the B, which is DEI B, which is also belonging. So it's helping people feel like they belong there. Um anyway, Tiffany does a lot of this. One of the challenges that she put up one time was decolonizing your media. And which means decolonizing, if you think of the filter of all of our social media, all our movies and um, all the stuff that we consume, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's through white men are filtering it and giving it back to us. Okay. Okay. So white men are the directors, producers, They are the, the writers of the books. They are the ones that are creating the content to give to everybody. Not in this Oscar round. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Right. Exactly. Not in this Oscar round. (laughs) But Her. So I started to notice the shows that I'm watching. I started to notice. I just started to notice the movies I watch, the rom-coms I watch you know are typically two white people on Netflix right like i never even thought i don't even think about it and then so i started thinking about it and um i watched a movie on Netflix and it was based out of africa south africa i believe or another country might have been in, i can't it might have been nigeria i can't remember but it was a african country and that was two successful women and it was like a love rom com, and it was adorable. And I was like, "All right, so this is this is like decolonizing what I'm watching all the time."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's an interesting perspective. I'll share share another one is uh, every once in a while I get to watch the Tamron Hall
1: show. Can Do you ever watch that? No.
0: Oh, she comes on after Good Morning America. That's right. <laughs> occasionally the TV is still running while I'm over here working. Right. Um, She spotlights Black artists. So she'll have Black actors on there, Black uh, musicians. Um, Today, she did a whole thing on writers, people writing books, people I've never even heard of. And I'm just sitting there watching. I was like, I feel so out of the loop that I don't know any of these people.
1: And, you know, I found my my love for indie movies, independent movies yeah. and film streams because they get a lot of, I mean, I, and I'll tell you different countries, I am quite the pro and I love subtitled movies, which that would have been a what, you know, am I going to go through that effort unless it's excellent? And now it's a norm for me, but that really did culture me. And it was a bit of decolonization, right? Because that became the norm was not the white man, you know, was a lot of foreign Asian, African-American, a lot of documentaries. Um, but because of that, I am, I, I don't, I don't understand pop culture. What's cool in pop culture. I don't have a TikTok account and that's a, that's a different story. I was on for like one hot second and I got kicked off for a childhood video. I I, I think somebody must've hacked my account, but oh. anyway, I'm like, I'm not going to mess with it. Um, You know, I, I miss out on a lot of, I don't know who these people are and I'll say yeah. who are these people, but I'll tell you, Amy, that follows in line with, um, Back to feeling uncomfortable is I'm a little out of the loop on what's PC. What does PC stand for? When the kids say, "Mom, that isn't PC," you- politically correct. Politically correct. Thank you. <laughs> Mom, that isn't politically correct. You shouldn't be. Do- you know, that's a bad thing. And yeah, I've become the old person that doesn't always understand what's PC anymore. Um, do not imitate accents. Right.
0: Yes. Okay. There. Yes.
1: Actors in my mind, again, I wasn't, I don't know. I did not know that was not PC. I've been made very clear by my two younger children. Mom, no, do not do that. And so, no, I'll leave that for (laughs) actors and movies, but I'm finding things. I feel uncomfortable going there in conversations sometimes because I'm afraid I'm going to offend people, not meaning to, but because I am not, I'm not hip and with it to understand everything that's PC and not PC
0: completely Are you I, more PC do your kids tell you that mom that's not PC oh, um yeah they tell me I will tell you being part of um NAPO and the leadership mm-hmm. of that association um I hear more of those conversations there was a whole conversation and the napo group about the master bedroom because you know people a lot of us refer to it as the master bedroom is that well, the master that pc no because Damn it's it. based I that one on- messed up too exactly well so most okay. of us do because that master is based on slavery the time of slavery and the master of the house lived in the biggest bedroom Okay. So that's good. Cause I
1: thought it was masturbation. So that's good. That was- yeah. You might have to call no. so the master Slacey. Look at, I am getting so schooled. I have no idea. <laughs> but so
0: you're supposed to call it the primary suite. <laughs> now, you know, everybody's gonna be different with this. I will tell you that um, I've noticed on HGTV most of the TV shows don't call it the master suite anymore. They call (laughs) it the primary bedroom. And it's just these convert. Well, I'll tell you, understanding the history of phrases is a lot of understanding why it's not comfortable for everybody. That phrase.
1: So, okay. Not trying to change the subject off of master, but you're like probably should. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The use of pronouns instead of he or she. I feel uncomfortable, not because of somebody's binary association, but because I am so fearful, I am going to mess up what I say. He, she, they, we, (laughs) because how I was raised in the English language and how I was taught, they never goes with a singular person. And I'm a blabbering fool. I have listened to podcasts. I have read up on it, but Amy, I have a really hard time. So my discomfort is not because somebody doesn't choose to be what their gender was at birth. It's because I am so fearful because I have that. I'm going to say the wrong thing, use the wrong pronoun. And I just am almost paralyzed in
0: conversing you know, ditto, it's hard, but here's what I've learned. I have someone in that uses they, them that I'm close to. And it's really hard. It's hard to get to that where you're using not he or she it's they or them. Uh, but what I have found is I apologize. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just completely transparent. I'm trying to use the correct pronouns. I just keep falling back on what I'm used to calling you, and so it's just a conversation that we continually have. And somebody actually told me to pretend they have someone on their shoulder. Okay.
1: And I think I love what you're saying because it's not good to ignore it. Because what good is having a conversation? And I'll tell you, it's not just they. Because I have people that were clearly born he or she, but mm-hmm. they um, associate with the opposite sex. And so right. I will just say, you know, we'll be having a conversation and I will be calling she, he, and, you know, so far I haven't been, I think the person who feels the worst is myself because Because I'm not called on it, and I think about it later, it's like, did I say that? The the trick I've done in my mind is just think before I talk, and I'll tell myself she 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 in my mind they 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 he he he, just like repeating a name. Think about like when you meet somebody and you're like, I don't want to forget their name, Amy, 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 Mamie, Lamy, you know, whatever in my mind to make sure I don't offend somebody by forgetting their name or
0: saying the wrong name, right? So and but what do you do if you do forget their name ask them ask them usually it's like oh i am so sorry i've completely forgotten your name there's so much shame around us feeling like we have to be perfect in these situations like like oh no i i hurt their feelings or um but the more and more i'm uh, me personally I'm open to understanding and knowing and, and fessing up when I screw up, it's like people with different faiths, you know, I, um, well, that's a great example. Understanding my old neighbors across the street from us, they were Jewish and, you know, Sally and I, we would meet on the street and we would talk, she was talking about cooking stuff for their celebration that they were having. And and I knew nothing about the celebration or the the holiday. So I was like, okay, so what's the holiday? Tell me about the holiday. What are you cooking? What are the traditions? And just kind of asking the questions instead of, because old me would have stood there and been like, I don't know what she's talking about. I'm just going to run. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm ashamed of myself that I don't know what, she, I don't understand this. So I'm out of here. Like, I'm just going to change the topic and move on instead of trying to get understanding of what is happening.
1: And it's, uh, when you are raised in a bubble and I lived in a small town, you know, we are variations of the bubble, but it was very Mayberry. I am very grateful for people who have given me grace because they recognized that it wasn't intentional. And I'm sure that wasn't their first rodeo. Um, The example I love to give is they still have at my Rotary Club that I was in for 20 years. They had a, they, they started when they would uh, send out whomever would take turns with the invocation. There was like a little line saying this needs to be interdenominational, blah, 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 because I was the person who decided when I was a 23 year old, as uh giving the invocation that i had everybody say the our father and rabbi kripke was sitting in the front row oops oh. and yeah i had no idea and somebody pulled me aside well, i went to catholic school they didn't teach us about the jewish religion right <laughs> i didn't know have,
0: everybody didn't did the our
1: i mean how <laughs> did i know these things and actually i think rabbi kripke almost got a case of the giggles he thought it was the funniest thing ever that this girl you know had everybody say the, our father together. And they said, he doesn't have an, our our father is your father and ain't his father. I think somebody said something like that to me and they had to like literally explain it to me. And 15 years later, whenever somebody got an email saying, you're the invocation, here's what not to do. I'm like, that's the Sandy Lane rule. (laughs) I created what not to do, but he gave me grace. He laughed about it because it wasn't intentional. And at that point, it didn't even make me uncomfortable because I didn't know, you know, I was apologetic after the fact and I learned, but how about Amy, the people that do things to make you feel uncomfortable? Have you had that happen before? People that want to be so different that they want to provoke you and they want to see how you're going to respond. It's almost a taunting. It's the opposite of grace.
0: Well, and, it's, and the flip side of that is the use of pronouns when somebody says, you know, they have this preference of a pronoun and there's somebody who refuses to acknowledge that right. and continues, you know, it's that, I don't know the right answer to that. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like I, when I keep my
1: mouth get, shut. I mean, I've had people that literally will be like, you know, look at me, I'm super different. I'm going against the norms, and well, you got a problem with that. And in that case, because they're looking to pick a fight, um, I just don't say anything because what what good will it do because I'm not egging it on. And again, I don't know what's going on in their lives. and I don't want to give specific examples because it could seem yeah. derogatory, but I have totally right. had it happen where it's been thrown in my face and. I truly feel like, and I observed them trying to get responses out of other people to pick up a debate and yeah. that people were lured in. And so diversity can be used <laughs> as a negative if if it is, uh, it kind of gets back to drama, right? It's like a created drama to yeah. to find acceptance in a backwards way, isn't it? I don't know if that happen often, but I have definitely had that happen before.
0: I feel like I haven't had that happen in a really long time, but I do remember as a teenager feeling like there were definitely people trying to be a little bit more on the edge to get attention and to get, you know, start, start things. Um, I haven't, I don't know that I've experienced that lately. I will tell you though, when I see the people disregarding pronouns, I usually don't confront them. I'm pretty clear on saying the correct pronouns, but I don't like say, you know, I'm not like, you shouldn't do that. You should be this. You shouldn't, I'm not going to do that. But I do talk to the person who's the recipient re- reciprocant of that. If it's just acknowledging, you know, I saw that happening. Are you okay? Like, it's just like a right. basic, right. Are you okay. <clears throat> and making sure that they're okay with being disrespected, right. which is a horrible thing to have to ask somebody are you okay right. with being disrespected? <laughs> but it's back to the battles.
1: There's some people that They either want to battle, they want to be heard. I can never understand people that have such strong opinions about somebody outside of themselves and what's acceptable. And, you know, if something is consensual and no one is harmed and you haven't walked a day in their shoes, I, but then I'm also not going to debate it. This gets back to an older podcast that we had on should you stick up for everything and should you, you should only have conversations with people that are going to be open-minded and willing to have a conversation and, and, and it should apply to you too, that you need to hear their side of it. Otherwise the conversation's
0: worthless. Right. Exactly. It's not worth, worth just sharing opinions. If you're right. not going to with them, right. If you're not going to open to changing your mind. And I will tell you So the pronoun thing, I do think that some people are just oblivious, like they don't realize that they're doing it, but some people are just intentional at not wanting to acknowledge it. Right. And I think the people who are unintentional and you know that they're not meaning it, sometimes it's worth having a conversation with them of, you know, Hey, did you know that you were doing that? And so, and see, right. Feel it yeah. out, give them the benefit of the doubt to start with <laughs> and then choose your battles wisely, right? Yeah.
1: It's hard though.
0: Being all these differences are hard. Um,
1: and they get harder as we get older because they might not be the same difference as we experienced at that age. I think this is the first time that I'm noticing more of the generational differences. It was easier when I was in that middle, like in my thirties, because I wasn't that far away from being young the parents, you know, had kids that age, but as like now I'm evolving from not having kids in grade school. So things like when people venture their opinions about devices and, you know, the child with the iPad at the restaurant, I can't relate to that because that wasn't something. And so I, I also don't offer an opinion. I'm always curious, like our travel friends, he's a psychologist with Boys Town. I love to hear his perspective because he's dealing with it. And, um, but I'm so far of all from it. Yeah. That there's completely. there's a lot more, there's a lot more variations to life than I've ever been that, that I've been exposed to in the past or I'm further away
0: from it. Yes. I'm with you on that. I have noticed that my children I, and I just hit the table. Hopefully, that wasn't too loud. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my children are very receptive <laughs> uh, to all of the differences in people. It's very interesting to me mm-hmm. how accepting they are of everybody. And I say that from what I see. I don't see them all the time, obviously, but just the conversations we have. I am always learning from that generation of how to be accepting and how to be welcoming to all types of individuals.
1: And I would agree with that. And I'd say, especially my youngest, and he gets so confused, like back when people are, you know, white versus black, he's like, gosh, everybody's a little bit of something. I mean, he's never said this, but I think he sees certain things as old white men problem. Um, because they see the world differently. and I'm saying that because we we're, we're talking about that yeah. colony well, right been, and yeah, no. and and that they don't understand that they, his generation is a melting pot, and whether it's gender or race or religious, they they, they don't see that generation is much more aligned with not categorizing people and having people be themselves and so many broad categories and i think the older generation you know we we spent a lifetime checking the box are you number 1 2 or 3 yeah. now maybe there's 5 right a or right. b a b c or d and and you know what what the comment that i hear is why do you even need the box cuz we're like oh this has gotten so confusing there's now 10 choices for gender or race and the comment he made to me is well why do they even need that box anyway why are they even asking
0: where does that go right good question (laughs) good question i will tell you being on the flip side of that um when we started the association started doing their dei work you know they're like well what do we need to do? Like what, what's our base demographics and what are we trying to do with that? Like, what's the change? So how do we measure it? What are the metrics? And so we started collecting data, trying to get, well, what are the metrics of who we are and what we are? Well, Tiffany, thankfully, she's a very good consultant. She told me because we're like, okay, only like 200 people filled in the thing. So it doesn't really represent the association. And cause that's like 5% of the association, like that doesn't help. So, um, she told us she was very helpful. Cause I'm like, I feel bad. Cause I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to go, what to measure to, to identify if we're making any progress or, you know, she said, start measuring your efforts, not the results, because the results um, are hard to measure with DEI efforts, but measuring your efforts, you're like, okay, we're trying this, we're doing this, we're doing this. And I was like, oh, that makes me feel so much better. right? Just to know that, okay, (laughs) if you're doing something, at least you're doing something and you're not like just trying to reach a number. Right. That's great. It was very helpful. All right. So we should probably wrap this up. Um, What is the real and the ideal in this?
1: Well, the real is we live in a very diverse world and whether we want to categorize or not, we're all different. And even if we grew up in a bubble, the world is much greater than that. And we're going to be by people that are different than us.
0: And it's up to us Uh, to
1: choose how we're going to respond to it.
0: Yes. And I would say that ideal, because you kind of did a little bit of ideal in there too. I think I least forgot, don't I? I know. (laughs) They kind of get blended. (laughs) I would say that ideal is making sure that you are letting, making other people feel like they belong in a space And even, and this is me talking to myself when I don't see myself as part of a space to go ahead and lean in and try to learn from that and explore it and see if I do, um, can be part of that space. Nice. I like that. Yeah, it's hard. So I am going to recommend, um, I saw an interview with Ari Shapiro, who he's an PR journalist and he just wrote a book. And I'm getting right, I think I'm gonna order it. It sounded very interesting, but he said something about things that differentiate us because are actually things that make us more valuable, more interesting, and makes the world richer, mm. which I thought was very, very like I love that that. But the story is the best strangers in the world, stories from a life spent listening because he's just a journalist who's been traveling the world. So I'm going to like check out the book. All right. Let us know. That sounds awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Sandy. We'll talk next time. Bye, Amy.
1: Bye.